Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. This episode features Sierra Britton, a curator and art dealer living and working in New York City. As the director of the Sierra Britton Gallery, her mission is to make space for artists who are creating exploratory work across all mediums. Founded in 2021, the Sierra Britton Gallery is the first New York City-based gallery dedicated to representing BIPOC women X artists whose work contributes to contemporary cultural dialogue across the globe. The gallery's mission is to make space for artists who are creating exploratory work inclusive of all mediums such as painting, photography, drawing, and performance. Starting as a nomadic and online gallery, the programming has focused on a diverse roster of artists. Sierra Britton has created a safe and much-needed space for BIPOC X artists who have historically been marginalized from the mainstream art world. The gallery aims to uphold artists and create community through dialogue and support for the artist. For more information, please visit CerebralWomen.com and enjoy this episode featuring gallery owner Sierra Britton. Sierra, welcome to my podcast. I'm excited to speak with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Phyllis. I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you. So when in your life did you recognize your love of the visual arts? I was always drawn to art classes when I was growing up in school. And my uncle, who's an ancestor now, my uncle Marcus was a sketch artist growing up. So he would make these really larger than life murals on my driveway outside and would make tons of different sketches of cartoon characters like Bugs Bunny and all these different little animations that were more attractive to a kid. So I loved that. And I didn't really understand art until I started moving up in school. And going to art classes was my favorite time of the day during school, my favorite class. I didn't really register as much in the other classes because my interest wasn't there. And I learned later down the line in middle school that I'm a visual learner. And I'm like, wow, this really makes sense. I take in information easier when there's visuals attached. Even if it's for another class, like a history class, I register the information better when there's photos or a video. And I just started to take visual arts way more seriously once I learned that visuals were the best way for me to learn. And I took all these art classes up until high school and 
realized that I didn't want to be a practicing artist for the rest of my life, but I was so in love with art. I wanted to find another route within that. And then I learned about art entrepreneurship. So it really started to connect for me. That's great. And what a lovely experience as a child. Um, Yeah, I'm very thankful. Yeah, that had to be so exciting. So you own a gallery. What do you enjoy most about being a gallery owner? Honestly, it has been such a freeing journey. Just to work alongside of artists has been one of my favorite parts of owning a gallery. Really being in the weeds with some of these artists. I'm 27 and a lot of the artists I work with are fairly young as well. And I'm starting out in my journey. I'm new, I'm emerging, I'm learning. It's similar to a lot of the artists that I'm working with as well. So just being on a learning journey with them, it feels like a partnership more than me showing their work and then it being over. I'm really in conversation with a lot of the artists I'm working with in their lives, vice versa. We spend a lot of time together in their studio and outside of the studio. And I feel like I'm witnessing history in the making. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I like to take myself out the viewpoint sometimes and really just look at, wow, I gave so-and-so their first show or, wow, I put together a group show with a concept that I haven't seen done before in quite some time. So it's just really so freeing and so rewarding to be a person that is holding space for these artists' works, especially marginalized artists. So what, what do you feel is the role of a gallerist? I feel the role of the gallerist is really to, one, hold space for artwork in a safe way, not put the artist at risk. When I think of space as a very important thing that brings community together, holds dialogue, is part of this history we're making right now. You know, right now we're in a very historical period in the art and especially in New York right now where there's a lot of firsts. So space is part of that. And for me, I believe that I have a huge responsibility as far as how I'm operating my space. So being able to hold space for shows, but also a communal conversation Oftentimes, we're experiencing things together as a community. It's not a singular experience. So with these art dialogues and these ideas that artists are putting forward, it's really important that a community can come into these spaces and be part of that. Art can be a vehicle for dialogue. So having the community respond to that, I think, is a really important part of the equation and a huge responsibility for me as a gallerist. And what is your methodology in terms of choosing the artists that you want to work with? So I'm very thankful to have a gallery that's dedicated to women of color and femmes of color. With the lack of diversity that the art world and art market specifically has had for many decades, women of color have often and are still one of the last groups to be considered when it comes to gallery representation, especially in New York. Women of color, actually, there was a study on Artnet maybe two years ago that said women of color took up 8% of the art market in New York's galleries. And it was just really a mind-blowing idea because when I started studying art, and especially contemporary artists, I was drawn to so many amazing women of color artists. But when you go into a lot of these spaces, you 
don't often see women of color and it creates this warped concept that these artists don't exist or they're not making work good enough to be considered, which is not the case. It's just representation, right? We're often not represented. So I thought very deeply about how to make my gallery a mission-based space. And I chose to put the focus and dedication for women of color artists and hold space for those artists. Methodology, I'm also thinking of what these artists are doing in their work. I don't necessarily want to just exhibit beautiful works. I want to exhibit works that are doing something, that are sparking a conversation or invoking a feeling or examining a reality that is taking place. That's really important for me versus just the visual aspect. I really love artworks that have power and that have ability to create after the viewing experience has ended. What do you feel is the role of the artist? The role of the artist, I feel, is to make work from an authentic place. We often see these market trends that are coming in and going out. And sometimes I see artists in general, this is a very general statement, but you know, we have some artists that are trying to be copy paste versions of a Basquiat or an Andy Warhol, which these are giants, right? These are people that we've learned from and have seen throughout history, but that doesn't mean this is the end all be all of a certain style. The beauty of art is creation and creativity and imagination and really coming up with new styles. So when an artist can make work in an authentic place, it's the most important way to put your ideas out there, right? Like certain artists are able to make their own signatures and they work their own styles that we then recognize with time. But it's also just a lot of the conversations we're having now are similar to conversations that were present decades ago. So not many of these concepts are brand new, but anytime you're creating, I think it's really vital to create from a place of authenticity and integrity. Mm-hmm. Are there industry trends that you find promising? Yes and no. <laughs> So I think that trends in general across industries, they're always happening, right? Like, especially in the age of social media, we often are seeing trends. Sometimes they're booming. Sometimes that trend dies and another one comes alive and then everyone's trying to ride that wave. It just goes back to integrity and authenticity. When you let a trend sway you, you can be bouncing around from one identity to another over and over again. And then you're depending on what's hot to create, which I don't think is sustainable. Similar to 2020, Black Lives Matter, the trend of supporting Black artists really boomed, which I strongly believe that Black artists are so much larger than a trend. Black artists have been here before 2020. Black artists were talking about really important topics before 2020 and are still, now that we're in 2024, So keeping the consistency and the support is really important. And I don't think people should sway their support depending on a trend. I think it's very unfair and pretty performative. A trend that I'm currently enjoying right now is the focus shifting from figurative work and focusing more on abstract work and abstract figuration. But I love experimental work. 
So abstract figuration is really beautiful to me and has been. It's cool that it's trending right now and people are putting a lot of focus on it, but I've been a fan of abstract figuration for quite some time. So I'm really excited to see what comes of this era. But yeah, I I have mixed feelings about trends. Do you feel that overall collectors better understand and appreciate work by artists of color since the Black Lives Matters movement? I do feel that there is more of a dialogue taking place and there are more people that might not have been paying attention before 2020 that have now put more of a focus on hearing from Black voices, Black creators, Black artists. So there is some level of understanding. Now, do I believe that they fully get it after, you know, this movement? Maybe not, because the work is lifelong. And when you're committing yourself to social justice and equality, that's a lifelong commitment. That's not, oh, I'm going to turn my Instagram avatar black. That's me doing the work. Right, um, right. It, that, that's a little lazy, right? Like, we have people on the front lines losing their lives. So thinking of just the dedication that obviously my community, like being Black and being part of that historical moment was something very interesting because, again, these are conversations that I've been having in my Black household since I was a child. (laughs) I was still in grade school watching cartoons, learning about lynchings and very brutal things, but it's not like, oh, you know, this is trending right now. Let's talk about it as a family. It's like, no, this is actually something we're all at risk for. So we have to educate our children about it. So coming from that perspective of knowing very vividly what brutality against Black people looks like from a very young age and seeing people sometimes twice, three times my age only learning or taking it seriously in 2020 was jarring. You know, it's great to be in conversation, but again, like, especially for white folks, if you really want to do the work, the work is lifelong. The work is not, oh, I'm going to buy some pieces in 2020 through 2024 from Black artists and wipe my hands clean of this. And now all of a sudden I'm not part of the problem. (laughs) You know, there's always some steps in the right direction. But again, are you willing to commit full time to doing this work? for social justice is a question I have. Yeah, it's interesting times, interesting times. Yeah, for sure. Do, do you feel Black art can be defined? No, I think that's the beauty of Black art. And I believe that's the beauty of art in general, because even sometimes people putting Black art in its own kind of segregated category, I've heard a lot of feedback from artists that don't want to be labeled as Black artists. We've had the post-Black movement with this conversation in mind. And it's been, it's definitely shifted in a way where a lot of, especially young artists, where 10, 15 years ago, it would have took them way longer to make these historical strides. But now we're seeing some artists still in their 20s, under 30 years old, really just skyrocketing in their careers, getting museum shows, showing internationally. It's been really amazing to see. And I've heard this feedback that they want to be seen as artists, period, not Black artists. Because that bot that a lot of folks can put Black artists in 
it can feel very limiting. It can feel like, okay, when they see my art, they think I'm talking about Black politics, but I'm really just talking about the color wheel or nature or whatever the case. But unfortunately, this is not something within our control. As Black people, our bodies are seen as a political playground. As soon as we exist, it's now political. <laughs> We're not just people, but you never hear people describe white artists as, well, what did you think about that white art exhibit in Tribeca? <laughs> like, right. No one says that. So it's something I keep in mind, but I definitely don't think it's defined. I think that the parameters are expanding more and more each day and things are becoming more fluid. And I'm really excited to see where artists go in the next few years. I agree. How do you prefer to work with collectors? I am someone that is a people person and is relationship-based. So I really enjoy the journey of working with a collector for years and seeing their collection grow, seeing their interest expand and change, and more depending on where they are in their lives. There are certain collectors I've worked with before they became parents, and the work they were acquiring really was about their own personal journey and what spoke to them and their personality and their interest. And then they became parents or they became married or whatever the case and expanded their family in the home. So then to see their collection transition to something more family oriented. I know some collectors that say, oh, I would like to buy this work so it can live in my daughter's room because I want her to see herself in a certain way. And I think this artist speaks to that. Being on that journey and seeing the growth and seeing the growth of support for the artist has been really rewarding. And I'm so thankful to have a great Rolodex of collectors that genuinely love to support the artists that I'm working with and beyond. I'm the type that believes there's multiple seats at the table and I'm thankful to have some gallery friends that run <laughs> galleries as well. So I'm like, oh, you're looking for a work that speaks to this topic and that topic. I don't currently have anything in my inventory that speaks to that, but I have a friend who has a gallery and she has a show up that I think might speak to what you're looking for. And so I'll make that connection. And it, it's grown into a really amazing community, especially like when I travel and I go to different cities and different shows or fairs and I run into some of these collectives, we end up hanging out. It's become like an extended family. So it's been really nice. I've observed you and the other gallery owners working together, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful that you all support each other. Oh, yeah. I'm very yeah, we, thankful. Yeah, yeah. We need to have more of that in our community. Share with us what you're excited about right now. I am really excited about my gallery's next show. It is a collaboration between Sierra Britton Gallery and Abigail Ogilvy Gallery in L.A. next month, opening right before Freeze. On February 24th, we're opening up a group show titled Deja Vu, which explores the multiverse and world building, the act of world building through the lens of women of color artists. We have really interesting themes in this show that span from exploring the conscious and the subconscious and the body, the relationship between three. We have another artist. Alanis Ford, who makes these really beautiful figurative paintings of Black folks turning blue, like a scaly 
folklorish blue, similar to like mermaids. We have Autumn Breon, who is an amazing artist from LA, based in LA. And she has a series called Protective Style that, you know, when we think of Black people, Black women and our hairstyles, a lot of them are protective styles. They protect our natural hair from the element. But in her series, Protective Style, she creates these imagined hair products that once you put it on, it protects you from things that usually put women in danger. So misogyny, objectification, Karen. (laughs) So my, my idea for this show was really the Twilight Zone meet everything everywhere all at once. And part of it was escapism. The world we live in right now is traumatizing. We're waking up to trauma. We're seeing genocide take place. We're walking around feeling like targets often. And the radical act of world building, which I believe curators do as well as artists, it's a radical act to create a world that you'd rather be in. And it's a critical conversation that speaks about the world that we do live in and how awful it can be and how scary and taxing on our mental health. So I wanted this show to be kind of a portal to different dimensions, different worlds built by these artists where we're not dealing with the trauma that we're dealing with in this realm. Interesting world we're living in these days. So what do you feel is the purpose of art? I think that the purpose of art is really expansive as an idea. There are artworks that make people feel something, artworks that remind folks of something that's happened in the past. There are works that spark a conversation and a dialogue that can act as a vehicle of where we can drive the future. And all of it is really important, right? There are a lot of different concepts that artists put forward. So I think if to really sum it up, I would say the purpose of art is one for artists to put their ideas on something that people can view or experience. Because if we're talking about visual art, it's the act of seeing something, but art in general, whether it's dance or music or writing, it just evokes something. So that's like a very broad way of how I could describe the purpose of art in totality is to evoke something in the person who is experiencing it. But that's also including the artists, right? Artists experience so much while they're creating, which the more they feel, in my opinion, when they're creating something, the better the work. I really enjoy multiple mediums of art, and I think that there's a lot of interconnectivity within the medium. So You know, music and dance are obviously related. You can dance without music, but often when we see depictions of dance or experience them, it's alongside of music. Similar to visual art and writing. I love when artists write about their work because it really does give us almost like a VIP in-depth experience of what the artist is experiencing as they're creating work. You could look at an abstract work and it could speak to each viewer differently. Some people identify colors and shapes with some specific thing, and it might be different from the person right next to you that's looking at the same piece. But when you hear or read an artist write about their work, you're like, oh, okay, they chose to use 
this palette because of an outfit that they loved when they were a child or this was their parent favorite colors or they were thinking of a landscape. But it really just connects the dots. I know that there are some artists that like to leave things up for the viewer to think of, but I think it's really interesting to hear firsthand from an artist where they're at with their work. But yeah, I think the purpose of it, it's so expansive, but just to feel something when you leave the work, whether that sometimes you feel angry and maybe that's the artist doing their job too, because some things are worth being angry about. I just saw the Henry Taylor show at the Whitney and he has a gallery in the show that is dedicated to victims of police brutality. So there's the painting of Solando Castile strapped into his car seat with the seatbelt on being shot dead by a racist cop. And I had seen that work many times online before I saw it in person a few days ago. And seeing it in person is always a different experience. But I was so bothered by that painting. It was very upsetting and disturbing and heartbreaking. And I definitely had an emotional reaction. The fact that this is a thing that happened, um, seeing the image, the image of him when it happened circulating, and then to see the painting. And Henry Taylor is such an amazing artist. He painted these people with such tenderness and care, but it was really upsetting that this is something we're still dealing with. Sometimes when people speak about lynching, they're talking about the 1800s, but people are still getting lynched. They're just not with ropes anymore necessarily. And also just taking note of how other people that were in the gallery at the same time as me, how they were maneuvering around the work bothered me a little as well. Like for me, it, that was the work that you stop and you tracks for and you pay respects in that way. And sometimes when I see viewers just like grace past things, I can't relate to that. But yeah, I felt something after I left that work. And so the artist did something. There was an intention after me as a viewer left that work. I felt something. I carried it with me. So yeah, I think that the best artists, I think, are doing something and evoking something in their viewers or their consumers. And that's the purpose of art, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. It's going to be our last question, although we probably could talk forever. So how do you want to impact the art world? I want to impact the art world by being a voice and conduit for artists. I really just want to be someone of service. I know that I am living in my lifespan. I'm not going to exist forever. Neither is the generation I'm part of. So I want to create an impact while I'm here right now as big as I possibly can so that I make some sort of change, some sort of ripple. When I opened my gallery, I was the first in New York to only focus on women of color artists, but I don't want to be the only gallery focusing on women of color. I want there to be many more. So just to be a ripple in that effect is more than enough for me to know that I actually did do something and I did make at least an impact on the artists that I'm currently working with. I want to continue to work with more artists and create an impact with them that's positive, whether that means supporting them by showing their work to collectors, hoping to get it placed, working to get it placed, holding space for their work in an exhibition, 
recommending their work for other curators or whatever the case. I just want to be of support. I, when I believe in an artist, I'm a professor. I love to profess passion to people. <laughs> and when I really love an artist and their work and I really believe in them, I tell everyone. I don't keep things a secret. I'm like, you need to know this person. You need to see this show that just opened. You have to experience their work in person. I'm very passionate, so I like to talk a lot about the things I'm thinking of that are impacting me. So just to echo the sentiments of these amazing artists is huge intention for me and the number one way I want to impact the art world. I really just want to be of support and of service to amazing artists that I believe are going to be giants at some point in their career. Well, thank you for the work you do. But before we end this, let's share with listeners where your gallery is. Yes. So I am a nomadic gallery. I am having my next show in collaboration with Abigail Ogilvy Gallery in LA opening February 24th. So please, if you're in LA during freeze, you can find us on Instagram or on our website, sierrabritton.com or Sierra Britton Gallery on Instagram. All of our updates will be there and we hope to see you at our next show. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been lovely. Thank you so much for having me, Phyllis. It's always amazing talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.